Um, so, so yeah, getting older is a little harder than you expect. You know, like now I, I really can't read things without my glasses, and it's just embarrassing. You know, and I actually lost my glasses for a week, and I actually did. I didn't even go to a Bible study on the Friday morning because I couldn't read the book. I mean, true confessions. That's so. That's, I'm embarrassed. Sorry. I just. I, I was like, I'll sleep in this morning. Um, <clears throat> I don't have my glasses. Um, but no, you, that's one of the things. It's harder than you expect. Different things happen. We all all sorts of things. I talked something about you know cleaning animal cages is harder. College is harder. Raising kids is harder. You know, so some schoolwork is a lot harder. There are things that you try, and they're just more difficult than you expect. We just go in and we go, okay, man, this is it. I, I sort of think it, I, 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 so I, uh, my wife and I have different personalities. She, she's like the can-do, can-do anything, and I'm, I'm more like the detailed one. And, and, and so, uh, not, she, she's detailed, she can do a lot of details, but, but she's more optimistic about being able to accomplish things than I am. Um, and so, so we often find things that turn out to be a little more challenging than we expected and take a little longer than, than we had allocated or planned. Um, but that's life. You know, sometimes we, we try things and we, we have an assumption coming in one way, and it turns out to be a little more difficult. It's funny. Sometimes I, I almost think about it like this. Sometimes I think we think that we're coming up to the finish line. And actually the finish line is a whole other starting line. Amen. Amen. I mean, have you ever had that before? You think, I'm about to be done. And you go, oh crud, it's starting up again. Here we go. And, and, and sometimes that's how life is. There are some things in life that we think, this, this is, I, I, when I get here, I've accomplished it. But in reality, there's a lot, lot more to do. And I want to take that actually to talk about our spiritual lives that way. Sometimes we think that, we think that coming to faith in Christ, putting our faith in Christ is the finish line. Because we become a child of God, we are saved. And in one sense it is. And in one sense, we have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, to the son he loves. God has done something amazing, taking us from being enemies to being children of God. Not because of how good we are, but because of how amazing and forgiving he is. And because of the death of Christ. So on the one hand, it is this transfer from, from the finish line. And it's actually a beginning. Sometimes we set goals like that. We say, oh, if I can just do this, I'll be done. I just want to go to college. And you get there and you go, oh, crud. You know, this is a lot more work. I just want to get married. And you get married and you go, wow, this is the beginning. You know, or you say, I just want to have kids. And you give birth and you go, oh, wow, this is the beginning of a journey. And none of us want to stop that. None of us want to get to college and say, oh, I got accepted. And not do anything. None of us want to get married and go, yay, I did it. None of us want to have a kid and go, you know, not see him again. And, you know, I mean, th- that's not how it works. But sometimes we can forget that in our spiritual lives. We come to faith and what we don't realize is that we need to be the people who pursue Christ. Who grow in this relationship and who press on day after day after day after day. So coming to faith in Christ is not the finish line. It's the starting line of an entire new adventure. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This is a simple point. That we need to pursue Christ. Let's pursue Christ and press on. Okay? Let's press on and pursue Christ. Let's not be satisfied where we are. Let's not think that, the, that, that that's for somebody else to do. Let's not think that this is one of those things in life that we accomplish and we check off our list. It, it ushers us into a new starting line that we move forward and we grow and we grow and we go and we go and we grow and we do it together. 
When th- that's why we meet, right? We come here together because none of us have this right. None of us have all the answers figured out. None of us have it perfect. We're all messed up. We're all in process. Every one of us here. And our challenge is to encourage one another to keep pressing on. And to keep pursuing Christ. To keep pressing on. To keep pursuing Christ. Because it's a lifetime of relationship and growing and becoming more and more like him. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and so we're, we're going to continuing in our series in um, the book of Philippians. And we're in chapter 3. Um, and we're going to have fun looking at this passage today. So we're, we're going to walk it through together. I'm going to read it to you. And then we'll, sort of, we'll just sort of walk through the passage step by step. But that's where we're going. That we'll pursue Christ. We'll press on and pursue Christ. I mean, if, if I was one of these guys that was... I mean, this is a sermon and a passage that cries for someone to be the traditional gospel preacher. Let's press on, press on, press on. You know, press on, press on. So, so, so as, as we read this passage, I want you just to keep that in our minds. That, 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 this, that, that we, my hope and my prayer, you know, is that for me and for each one of us here, that we will see our relationship with Christ as something very real, just like the relationship with a child. Just like the relationship with a spouse. And then we will say, hey, I'm committed. I'm committed to my relationship with Christ. I'm committed to God. And I want to grow. I want to press on. And I want to pursue him. That's where we're going today. And that's my prayer for me. And that's the prayer for each one of us. And that's why we do this together as a whole Dawson family of faith. Is to try to help one another do that. So let's read the passage together. If you have your Bibles or you can read on the screen, it's Colossians 3. And of course I... I do not have my glasses with me. I left them in my briefcase. But uh, here we go. <clears throat> this really fuzzy. Verse 10. This is too funny. Okay, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I think you saw it there multiple times when I press on. I haven't gotten there. I press on. I press on. Um, the passage begins, you remember last week we talked about that our boast is in Christ. And nothing else. All of our hope is in him when we can't accomplish anything. And so Paul's building right off of that. You know, last week, you know, our relationship with Christ is worth more than anything at all. And so, so, so in that framework, Paul's sort of finishing up that segment and then transitioning into how we should live. So he begins in verse 10, and where he says, he says, you know, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Where he starts off in verse 10. And he gives these three sort of examples of what he wants to know. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know. He, he walks through a couple things. And these descriptions give a depth of knowledge that it, it is much more than just, you know, yeah, I know what the weather is today. Or, or I know so-and-so. Um, it, it's this experiential knowledge. And, and, and last week we talked about that, that, that this, this knowledge of Christ and being in a relationship with Christ is more valuable than anything. Paul says, I've lost all things. Is that I may be found in him, not having righteousness of my own. Nothing compares to knowing Christ. So then Paul sort of summarizes it here. He goes, yes, I want to know Christ. Yes, the power of his resurrection. Participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. 
So he sort of walks through these things. So I just want to walk through them bit by bit. First thing he says is, I want to know the power of the resurrection. Now who doesn't want that? The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul says, I want to know that. The power by which God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The power which, through God, declared that Jesus successfully dealt with sin. The power that actually brought a dead person to life. That's the power I want to know. Now, remember we talked about two weeks ago that we work on our salvation because God is at work in us? Remember we talked about that passage that, 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 that we said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose? This is what Paul's talking about. Because I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know this resurrection power in my life. See, God promises that for us. He promises to will and to act, to guide and to lead. Remember we talked about how that God works in this world, in and through us. He does his work through us. So Paul says, I want to be about that. I want to know Christ. Yes, the power of his resurrection. The power that gives me freedom from sin. The power by which I can say no to things I should say no to. And say yes to the things I should say yes to. The power that, that, that God gives me to, to step out in faith in areas that I don't understand. The power that gives me to take another step full of doubt and questions when God has taken something in a way that I can't imagine and I don't know how to deal with. That is the power of God. That is the power of the resurrection of Christ. And Paul says, that's what I want to be about. That's what I want to know. But then he goes on. He doesn't say, I, I just want the power. He goes, I and participation in his sufferings. How many people say that? Yeah, I want to have a good suffering week this week. Just want to take a couple on the chin. Just looking for that good, you know, unexpected kidney shot. No, looking for Cato to jump out of the closet in the, in the Pink Panther movie. You know, no, we're, none of us are saying, hey, I, I, want, I want hardship this week. And yet... And yet, is there anything that we have accomplished that does not come through hardship? Not much. Except for putting faith in Jesus Christ. And then he asks us to do things. Is there not also a camaraderie in going through hardship together? You ever gone through something difficult with people, sacrificed together with people to accomplish something? And there is a fellowship in that midst. But I think Paul is also saying, I want to be about the things of God and that will cost. Remember we talked in chapter 2, he says, For it's been um, granted to you not only to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for him. Remember how we talked about how the gospel is not only worth standing for, striving for, but suffering for? God involves us into a life where we will sometimes sacrifice. But we will sometimes step out in faith. Well, we will sometimes do things that are unpopular. And he invites us into that. And Paul is saying, I want to know the power 
of the resurrection. And I want to have participation in his sufferings. There is a reality to the Christian life that if we are pursuing and obeying God, he's going to ask us sometimes to do things that cost us. He is. He is. The question is, how are we going to approach those things? Or we're going to say, God, I only want to do the easy things you put in front of me. You know, your teacher in school will give you all the math problems. I only want the easy ones. I want the simple ones. I want the math one-digit addition. I don't want any long division. I mean, we got calculators. What the heck? Why? I don't want fractions. I just want simple math. But sometimes the teacher's going to have to ask you to do a little bit more than that. Sometimes your parents are going to have to ask you to do more than that. Sometimes your God is going to have to ask you to do more than simple math. Sometimes God is at work in this world doing things that he invites us into to sacrifice toward. Am I willing to say, God, I'm, I, I want to participate in your sufferings? Not because I'm a masochist, not because I'm looking to do, not because I'm looking for pain. No one's looking for pain. But are we the people who are willing to obey God, knowing that as he works out his plan in this broken and fallen world, there will be pain. There will be sacrifice. There will be cost to us if we obey. Paul says, I'm all about it. I want to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. And he goes, becoming like him in his death. I mean, Christ's death, he was obedient to the cross. Remember we talked about that in Philippians 2? The model that we have in Christ of serving? He, became, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So he says, God, I'm not, I'm not just in this to start well. I'm in this to end well. I'm not just in this to cross the finish line. I'm in this to go and to go and to go. So that, that, that I'm going to become like him. And he said, I'm going to die. And I want to die faithfully as he did. I want to, even the day before my death, to say, not my will, but yours. Just like Jesus did in the garden, facing the cross. He goes, God, if it's possible, take this from me. I'm not saying we don't want to be honest with God. Heck, you think he doesn't know what we're thinking already? He knows exactly what you're thinking. The question is, are we willing to share with him what we're thinking and say, okay, God, I don't want this. This is not my plan. And yet, I know this is your plan. So not my will, but yours. Are we going to do that towards the end? That's, that's, that's a, it's a big picture. This is what Paul is setting out in front of us. The power of Christ. Participating in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And then he says, and so somehow to attain resurrection from the dead. He's like, whatever, however this comes about. You know, if I die, if I'm crucified, if I die natural causes. If the Lord comes back, somehow when I die, I'm, I'm going to die. And then I'll be attaining the resurrection from the dead. So that, that's where he sort of walks through all that. That's verse 11. You can pop to the next slide. It says verse 11. It says an attaining... We'll get there in a second. Verse 11. Oh yeah. There we go. And so I say, thank you. Perfect. And so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. So he's saying, look, I want to know you. I want to know you. Power of your resurrection. Participation in sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. 
And so somehow raising the resurrection from the dead. So that, that's the goal. We're supposed to pursue Christ. Press on, press on, press on. And here's a couple principles. And they're encouraging principles. Okay? The first one is, none of us have arrived. None of us are there yet. Not even Paul. Not even Paul. What does Paul say? Look at these next verses. Verse 12. He says it twice. He says it 12 and 13. He goes, not, not that I've already obtained all this, I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. The next verse. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straying towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward. God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So first thing, okay, not a one of us have arrived. Not a one of us. Maybe you're, maybe you're more spiritual and godly than Paul. Laughter. Okay, so, but, but, but Paul hasn't endured to the end. He hasn't done it yet. He goes, I have not yet arrived. I'm in process. Okay? So being in process is nothing to be embarrassed about. Every one of us is in process. Every one of us in this room is in process. None of us has arrived. All of us are invited to be on this journey. So I just want to say that to you today. Forget your, you know, j j just realize that. Right where you are, you haven't arrived, and you're invited into this pursuit and pressing on. There's not an expectation for you to be there. We're all in this journey. Okay? And then Paul gives us a couple, a couple, I love what he says. I'm going to read back to these verses. He says here, he says, first he says in verse 12, he says, not that I've already obtained all this. Or I've already attained my goal, but I arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that of which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I, I love that whole thing that he's like, you know, God took hold of me for this end goal. And I'm pressing on to take hold of this whole process. You remember at the beginning of Philippians we talked about that, that, that you know, Paul sees thankful for them because he's confident because he who began a good work in them will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That God finishes what he starts and he started with you. That's how he started the whole book of Philippians. God finishes what he starts and he starts it with you. And he started so Paul's saying, I'm pressing on to take hold of this because God has taken hold of me. Okay, so, so you're in this together. Remember, God is working in and through you. He's working in his power and he's taking hold of you. We aren't there yet, but we're doing what? We're pressing on. We're pressing on. We're pressing on. And then he says again, and he gives some, even some more clear instructions. He says, verse 13. I think it's 13. 12. I don't know what it is. It starts with brothers. <laughs> 13. Okay. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I've always, the first always confused me. He goes, but one thing I do, and he lists like three things. I always get confused. <laughs> it's like, one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind, straying towards what I had. And I realize, oh, the one thing is pressing on. And, and how does he press on? This is how he presses on. The press, how he presses on is he forgets what's behind and he strains towards what is ahead. Because forgetting what is behind, and strangers, what is, what's the one thing I do? I press on. So let's just look at those two things real quick. Forgetting what is behind. Every person here has a past. Every person here even has a this morning. 
Paul says, the key to me pressing on in my relationship with Christ is forgetting what's past. It's forgetting what's past. For some of us, that's really hard to do. Can God really forgive some of the things I've done? Can God really use someone like me? Does God have a plan for me? Does God even want to work in and through me? Does he even care? God does care. God does work. God does give forgiveness. God does give us his power. And God does work in and through us. And we've got to set behind the things that he has forgiven us from. And the sins in our past and the things that may bind us and speak lies into our present. I mean... Let me just show you an example. You ready? I love physical exam. Sorry about that, Dan. Okay, so, so, so if, I, if I'm trying to go this way, and I'm looking this way, how successful am I going to be? You know, I, I'm getting scared. I'm going fast. Okay, so, but, but you know what I'm saying? Trying to go forward while looking backwards is not the most efficient way to go. Now, have you ever been driving with somebody and they keep talking and they keep talking and turning your head? You're like, look at the road. <laughs> look where you're going. I'm in the car with you. And they keep going, ha, 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 ha. You know, it just does not work well. You get scared to death. But we do that all the time with our own lives. Oh, God, you can't use me because I've done this. <clears throat> oh, God, I'm not of value because I've done this. Oh God, I, I, I can't contribute because of this. And God calls us to turn from our past and to look at him and his forgiveness and grace that he's given us and to press on and to press on and to press on. In fact, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. He doesn't say forgetting what's behind and skipping towards what is ahead. Or lollygag towards what's ahead. He's a straining. You ever see someone strain before? Our dogs on walks. They're little dogs. They're wimpy. But you put them on a leash, like, you know, I mean, they're just like, they're wanting to go. They're wanting to go. That's what Paul said. That's what our relationship with God is like. We're forgetting what, what we've been forgiven from. We're forgetting our sin and what binds us. And we are straining. We are running. We are moving. We are pulling towards what is ahead to know Christ, to know his power, to participate in his sufferings, and to be faithful all the way to the end. That's what we're pressing and straining and pressing and straining and pressing towards. Let's press on and pursue Christ. Forgetting what's behind. Straining towards what's ahead. Towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, there's an entire world out here that's trying to distract us from pursuing Christ. To make us 
pursue satisfaction in lesser things. To base our lives and our decision making and our principles in life of how we operate on all sorts of other values. And God says, I invite you to pursue me. To press on in me. And allow me to give you power. Allow me to, to, to guide your life to the end. Let's press on and pursue Christ. Let's think of this relationship with God like we would with a good friend. Or with a spouse. Or with a child. There's not a relationship we're willing to set aside. It's not a relationship we're willing to, to be content with. Just as it is. But it's one that we want to grow and develop. And this is with the God of all creation. We want to know Him, to pursue Him, to allow Him to shape and guide our entire lives. And the crazy thing is, it's for our good. And it's also much bigger than ourselves. Because God is in this world not only here saving you and me and guiding you and me and giving comfort in the midst of hardship to you and me. He's also working through you and me to sacrifice and to love and to lay down our lives for others so that they too can experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So we're also a part of something even much bigger. Much bigger. So let's press on. Let's press on in the midst of ambiguity when the next step is not clear. Let's press on. Let's press on when all is going well and it's easy not to depend on God. Let's press on and pursue Him. Let's press on when we have disappointments in life and we suffer massive loss and we don't understand why. Let's press on. Let's press on this life seeing it is not just about us. It's about us working together to serve God and to honor Him and to help others to know Him. Let's press on to make that happen. Let's make decisions in our lives so that we grow in our knowledge of Him and our obedience to Him and our love of Him. And out of that, our fruitfulness for Him. Let's press on and pursue Christ. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for the example that we have in Paul. We thank you for his challenge to us. We thank you that it's your challenge. It's your invitation. It's incredible. The forgiveness that we received. Our sins that have been washed away. And that you invite us into a relationship with you. That we can grow. And know you more. And experience you more. Day in and day out. God, forgive us for our failures. Thank you that you invite us to turn from our past and to strain towards what is ahead. 
God, there may be some of us even here today that say, man, there's just one thing I can't get past. I pray that you'd help them today to set that down. To set it down. God, there may be some here today who've never really understood what it means to be forgiven by God. Never really understood that there's nothing they can do to earn and they've, they've tried and tried and tried to please you and they're always wondering, have they done enough? I pray that today someone would understand that they can never do enough. And that salvation is a free gift through faith in Jesus Christ. And then you invite us into a journey. Help us as we're on this journey. As we work out our salvation. As we come to know you. As we experience the power of your resurrection. As we participate in your sufferings. And one day as we become like you in your death. And then as we one day will rise again. And continue in this relationship for all eternity. Thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray.